0: Hello and thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Carfection for the Love of Cars podcast. Normally we'd be talking about all the great car news going on in the world and talk about some of the things that have been going on on the Carfection channel. But this week we're doing something a little bit different. A few years ago the Carfection team was in California and spoke to Mr. Lynn Park, also known as Mr. Cobra. An absolute world's authority on the AC Cobra, and besides the late great Carol Shelby, possibly the best person to talk about that car. And that's exactly what we did. The following is the discussion that we had with him about a car that has been his passion for his entire life. Sit back and enjoy this wonderful discussion with Mr. Lynn Park. My name is
1: Lynn Park, and all my friends kind of refer to me as Mr. Cobra because I've been involved with Cobras for 52 years, so I guess it, the name's gonna stick. Before I could even drive, I was taking apart my mom's car in the driveway before she would go somewhere. She had a 56 Ford, and I was just just playing with it. I worked in a gas station, and I would take stuff apart there just to see what it was. A fellow dropped off an old flathead Ford at the gas station, and I got to play with that, and it, just, it was a, a natural progression that I just got more and more involved. And then when I got my driver's license, it was first thing I did was my mom's 56 Ford was take the motor out and put a great big Edsel motor in it. Cars were it for me forever. I was a drag racer from day one until I discovered what, what they had were, were wrecking yards where they would get in these theft strips, they called them, where a brand new car, a muscle car was stolen and maybe someone just stripped the interior or, or stole the engine, but I would buy what was left of the car, which was usually a perfect car but just needed a replacement engine. So I would buy those from the wrecking yards and put a new motor in it or whatever it took. And I'd drive that car until another good one showed up. And then I would do the same thing. I'd sell one. So I was always driving a really nice, brand new muscle car. In 1962, I was driving one of these theft recoveries, a 62 406 Ford. And my sister's boyfriend, who was a sports car guy, came home from school and plopped this rodent track magazine down on the table. And here was a Cobra on the cover, which was a Ford Hot Rod in an English body, and he said, look at this. I said, oh my gosh. I was at Shelby American the next week, learning about the Cobra, and and Shelby thought I wanted to buy one, so they were really nice to me down there. And I couldn't afford a Cobra anymore, I could fly. But I, I got my education there, met a fellow who worked at Shelby American, and I just hung out there. They thought I worked at the shop, I was there so much. I just loved those cars. So then I got an AC of my own and put my own Ford motor in it and kind of made my own Cobra. And then I started breaking all the things that that Shelby broke right off the bat. But I drag raced that car right up until the time I went in the Army in 1967. In 1969, when I got out of the service, I I was on a mission then. I said, I've got to go find a Cobra. And I did. And I bought one for $2,100. And worked on it. I bought another one for two thousand dollars. That that's that car over there, number ninety-seven. Fixed both of them up. Sold one. Bought some more. And and at that point, Cobras really became more than a hobby. It was a passion with me that that's lasted right up to this minute. Yeah, I've probably owned fifty Cobras over the years. Some of which I bought strictly to sell, maybe to help somebody. Uh, rarely have I gotten one that was just the way it was supposed to be, and I would resell it. I would fix them up and. It, Took a little while. And then I started making wheels for cobras with a, a good friend of mine. Mike McCluskey restores Cobras. And it's it's real easy to have a real passion when one of your really good friends is the best there is in the industry at restoring cobras. So he's been a big help to me. I would get a car that wasn't quite right and I'd take it to Mike and he would do some of the things and cosmetically and I would do the, um, the mechanical things to them. And next thing you know, I had a car I could sell or, or one I wanted to keep. My gosh, I've still got a few of them, so I, I, I keep most of them. Once the vintage racing came about in the early 80s, late 70s, I said, oh my gosh, this is too good to be true. So we started racing the Cobras, and, and now I race three cars with my two sons. And it, it is a full-time passion. I like putting some of myself into the car. And, and that's what you do when you buy a derelict car, something that someone has not really abandoned, but needs some work. And I like to buy them that way, so I can work on them and then go race them or drive them or whatever. Everybody would, would have a Cobra, but they'd also have a Ferrari or a Porsche or whatever. I had Cobras. That's, that's all I was interested in was the Cobra. Nothing else thrilled me much. You know, I, I had a Porsche for a short time, got rid of it. Uh, had a Ferrari that was a project, never finished the project, sold it as such, and moved on just in Cobras. I, I never deviated from Cobras. And when people would need a part or, or would need information or whatever, they could come to me, and, and I, I just knew what it was. When people would call Shelby and, and ask about a question that they didn't know the answer to, because they were all new guys, they didn't, they didn't work with the Cobras back in the day, Shelby would have them call me. Shelby was just became a very good friend just out of the fact that I was there he was there I am so fortunate that I met him early on and and have known him forever I mean he and I have been very good friends went to to lunch all the time I would take friends down to his shop to meet him and he was one of these guys that liked to oh I show off isn't the right word but I bring a friend down there he said oh yeah there's that darn Lynn. I've made him so many millions of dollars buying his wheels for all my cars and on and on and on. But when he needed something done with a car and he needed help, he'd call me. I kept his Daytona Coupe here for five years. When they finished restoring it, he just didn't have a a good clean place to keep it. He had one side out in the public. Yeah, he had to be the big tough Texan guy, but he really was pretty soft in person. They're the most fun car you can race. I mean, think about it. 20 years after a Cobra was out, say say vipers are coming along or whatever muscle car happens, they compare it to a 20 or 30 or 40 year old Cobra. That's the benchmark for American performance. So to go race a Cobra, it's just so perfect. It does everything better than any other car. Obviously it, it won the World Manufacturers Championship competing against cars of similar performance. Um, they, they're just fun. They stop well, they steer, They've got lots of power, uh, we, we call the, the gas pedal the apex corrector, if you, if you miss your apex you just stand on the gas and you've caught right back up to where you were. What, what a lot of guys do when they're building or, or restoring their Cobra, they can't leave the motor alone, they don't, say, they don't think a stock motor is enough, so they want to build more and more and more horsepower. Then they become a little unmanageable, one, they want to overheat, two, they want to oversteer, uh, they just tend to have too much power. They're hard to get launched off the line. You're, you're feathering the clutch and feathering the gas and they're bucking and snorting. And, uh, stock Cobra, the way it was built, is just the most fun car to drive on the street in a whole wide world. They're all my kids, but probably number 97, I've had the longest of any of them. And so it, that, that's probably my favorite car. 16 was the first of the five FIA cars that Shelby built. So, with that in mind, it, it's significant. It got wrecked badly by Bob Johnson at Sebring in 64 and and wrecked and stripped. They took what parts they could, but but I managed to get the wreckage. And at that point, Brian Anglis in England was rebuilding Cobras. So he rebodied it for us and it became a good old race car. It's, it's got a bad history, but a lot of race cars have bad histories of having been wrecked and rebuilt from very little. It has little dents when they got to the first FIA race, yeah, I, I don't know if it was Target Flory or one of those, but they had to put the, to race in the GT class, it had to have this suitcase, which was just a chunk of wood, it had to fit in the trunk. Well, they put it in the trunk and it wouldn't fit. So they, Al Dowd, who was the kind of the team manager, got out the hammer and dolly and, and made a couple of dimples in the trunk so that it did fit. And, and only the five FIA cars have those dimples. One of the Offenhauser family, Fred Offenhauser, bought this car new from Shelby in, uh, in late 68, uh, I think it was. Drove it until 75 and something broke. He doesn't even remember what broke. Parked it in his backyard with one of those blue plastic tarps on it. And it sat, and it sat, and it sat some more for 20 years. They were never interested in selling, but my friend Don Lee talked him into selling him the car. He brought it over to me an hour later and said, Lynn, I'm gonna make a race car out of this. And I said, Don, this is too much work. Now keep in mind, this is before the frenzy of barn finds ever showed up. It was just an old beat up Cobra at this point. So we found him a race car and we did some horse trading and I wound up with this car. And I took it, we had some Cobra days at the Peterson Museum and I took it to one of those and everybody was kind of like this. They didn't know what to make of it, but but Shelby saw the car, and he said, "Lynn, that's pretty neat, just the way it is." And I said, "Well, maybe I ought to leave it alone." So one of my my mechanic friends, that builds motors for me, said, "Lynn, that is really a dirt bag." Oh, perfect name for it. So, it it got the name of dirt bag, and I just I made it run, without disturbing dirt, hours and hours of going through the brake, all the hydraulics. The gas tank, the lines, the radiator, everything, new hoses and belts and an awful lot of work. But it, it runs like a top, absolutely perfectly. 20 years ago, it was Lynn, when are you gonna restore that car? But now people say, oh my gosh, I can tell that's a real one. That, that's one, one benefit of having all the replicas around. The replicas are all shiny. And for the most part, everybody else's Cobras are, are shiny. Most people, if they've only got one Cobra, they want it to look good. And I don't blame them. If I had one car and it were that one, I would probably spiff it up. But if people enjoy seeing it. And you'd be amazed how many people who have original cars who are doing restorations come over to look at this one to, to find out, you know, oh, how do I do this? What's this like? What, what color is that wire? And so on and so forth. Shelby built five cars to go drag racing, five Cobras to go drag racing. He built two that were painted the metal flake blue that that Shelby American ran as team cars in the drag races. And he built three for for privateers. This was the first of the three. And it turns out this was the fastest of all five of the Dragon Snakes, which just means the guy had a bigger motor, But, but it ran well. And what makes this car fun is that oh my gosh, somewhere in the, in the 80s, I suppose, Shelby got a chance to buy this car back and his friends all said, Carol, you need a dragon snake in your collection of cars. So he bought it and put it in his name. I mean, got a pink slip with his name on it. So when I bought the car from him a few years later, I got the pink slip with Carol Shelby's name on it and his signing off at the bottom. And that was a pretty neat deal to me. That, to me, that's probably the most fun apart thing about the car. When I need a Cobra fix, I go over and start that car. It, it sounds really good. If you got a minute, I'll start it up for you. It's, it's tremendous. Some of my friends that have these really beautiful garages that look like operating rooms say my garage is a little cluttered. And I would probably agree with them, but this is the way I like it. When people come in here, they, they walk around, you know, they look at the cars for 10 minutes, and then they're an hour or two looking at the stuff on the walls. Back against that back wall, there's 20 or 30 picture albums. I do one a year of all of our races, all the things we go to. And there's a lot of pictures of people and they look back 20 or 30 years. Oh, my gosh, there's Joe. What's his name? 30 years ago. And it's really fun. There's always one on the horizon. If you get one that you like better than one you have or one you just want to add, I would do it. I'm never out of the market. It's American. Nothing against you British guys, but it's American. We've got friends that go on these thousand mile trips with us in the Cobras and they can't get over it. We're driving along and people are waving. This one fellow had a Ferrari and he said, you know, when we're in a Ferrari trip, people are giving us the finger. And it's, it's because it's, you're perceived in a Ferrari as a bunch of rich guys driving your cars around. A Cobra is an American car. They, they don't really know what it costs. They know it's got a Ford motor and it's just kind of one of those American things like Apple pie and hot dogs, I suppose. So this this is my cobra fix. Some people, if they're having a bad day, go home and kick the cat. I just got to start the car.
0: Lynn Park there, Mr. Cobra. If you enjoyed that, make sure you stay up to date with everything that we do on carfection.com. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. On Instagram, it's at carfectionfilms and on Twitter, it's just at carfection. Thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon.